So obviously want to dig into the new album, talk about the Sad Summer Festival, and uh, look in the rearview mirror and get your opinion on a couple things. But, um, you know, there's really no way not to talk about the past year and a half or so that we've all endured with this pandemic. And I'm really kind of curious, with every band I talk to, where were you guys at, say, March of 2020 with the album No Good Left to Give? Was it done at that point? Were you still mixing and mastering? Take me back to, like, March of 2020. Right when the pandemic hit, you know, we were we were getting ready to, to put out the album. You know, I think our initial release date was going to be, I think, like, April sometime. And so we were... Actually, like we were doing like promos for for the new record when the pandemic hit. And then we were like, oh, wow, what are we going to do? But yeah, the whole record was already mixed and mastered at that point and it was completely done. The other curious thing for me is with the extra time, did you go back in and play around with it anymore? Or did you add some more triangle or did you just leave it completely alone? I think we left it completely alone at that point. We did choose to, to kind of cut a couple of songs because we we're like, well, we don't know how long this is going to last. Maybe if we cut a couple of songs, you know, we could put these out in the meantime. Like, we just didn't really know what we were going to do. So that was kind of the only thing. But like, it was all completely done and, and we were really proud of it and happy with it at that point. And then how long into the process did you just say, well, forget it. Let's just put it out in September. Yeah, it, it came It came around to things were being thrown around like, hey, let's do, you know, February of next year, you know, 2021, like this year. And then, you know, we recorded the record in September and we were like, OK, well, we don't really want to wait like over a year since we recorded it to put it out. So we're like, you know what, let's just hope for the best and like, let's just put it out this fall. So it was more about recording in September. You wanted it to basically come out a year later. Yeah, exactly. I mean, especially since we were trying to get it out quick, you know, from, you know, No Good Left to Give from our last record, Feel Something, you know, we, we toured so hard on Feel Something and it, it was three years in total before we put out this one. So we were just like, we got to get this music out. <laughs> and speaking of the, the last album and this album, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Went back to William Yip again, right? Yeah, yeah. No, he's just the best. I don't know how we could do a record without him, without him being involved in some way. Like, you know, we consider him almost like the fifth member of the band. Like <laughs> we just vibe so well with him, you know, and he was a very instrumental part in doing some of the, just just a lot of the vocals and a lot of like the composure of this record. You know, an interesting thing that I saw about you and kind of wanted to find out about, especially about recording the album and everything, you're listed as a bassist slash rhythm guitarist. Are you doing double duty? And tell me, how does that work in the recording studio? Not really so much rhythm guitar. I think um, <laughs> there's uh, a couple songs on, on previous records. I play this uh, bare tone guitar and I think people are like, hmm, well, like that kind of looks like a guitar. So I've seen that <laughs> listed some places online. But I mean, I do play guitar, but I, I mainly just play bass for the band. Okay, cool. And, you know, speaking of <laughs> of uh, the album and, and the new uh, video, the latest video, Moonlight Lines, and done by the work of Jar and kind of a jarring mm -hmm. video. Talk about that one. <laughs> yeah, we kind of came to the board with that one. We were just like, We've seen all these like kind of cool, artsy, kind of dance-looking videos, and we're like, you know what? I think it's about time we do one of those. 
So we, we went for that, but we were like, let's add some like really trippy kind of aspects to it. And so that's kind of where the inspiration for that video came from. And I think it turned out really awesome in the end. Like I was, it was better than I expected it to be. But be honest, you had more fun making the skin to skin video. That looked like a lot of fun with the green screen, right? <laughs> well, that is a very funny story of a video. So we initially had a completely different idea. Like we were going to do another animated video for that video. You know, it didn't really come out so great. So literally two weeks before it was going to come out, we decided to scrap it. Like, hey, can you get a music video done in like a week and a half? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, sure, let's do it. So we just threw this together really quick, like rented a green screen place and we just made it happen. <laughs> wow, crazy to hear it came together so quickly with, you know, a, a little plot line going on throughout the video and, and all this, the, the wardrobe changes you guys went through. Was there a lot of thought put into that or was this kind of like, hey, I got a cowboy hat, I got a baseball uniform or talk about that process. <laughs> we decided all on like an hour long call. We're like, what are we going to do? Throw out ideas. Let's let's go. And so we were just like, all right, what if we did this? And you go through these different scenes and then we came up with like 20 themes and then we kind of gave those to jar and you're like, and we were like, okay, right into the treatment, the ones that you think are going to work the best. So he kind of narrowed them down for us. He cut it from 20 to four or five or whatever it was. Coming up, we got you yeah. in your home area at the Grove of Anaheim on August the 7th. And, uh, yep. you know, the, the curious thing I got for you, though, is before we fully get into that tour, the tour actually starts off the night before in, in Sacramento. So you drive up to Sacramento and then you drive back to Orange County. Are you going to be sleeping in your bed that <laughs> night after that Anaheim show? I personally am. <laughs> we'll see about some of our crew and stuff like that because they're, uh, you know, from from different states and whatnot. But I think for the most part, the band will be. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. It must so. be weird to drive up north for a few hours, leave your bed, and then you're back there in a day or two. Yeah, it, it kind of feels like a, it's, it's kind of a weird start to the tour. You know, I, I think we're mainly used to either starting or ending here. And then, you know, mm -hmm. once you're on the road, you're, you're gone for like, you know, a month and a half or whatever. Right, right. <laughs> so Talk this is, this is going to be a little different for sure, but I'm very excited to play this show. I think it's going to be awesome. And just going to be, you know, a great and also maybe a little bit of an emotional moment just being able to play shows again. Absolutely, man. I, I'm I'm kind of scared that the first show I go to, as soon as those lights go down, the crowd starts cheering. I think I'm going to start crying. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely it's been a journey, you know, with with everything we've been through and, you know, and how uh, horrible the pandemic has been. You know, it's um, it's really sad and and uh, tough and, you know, it's going to take us a while to rebuild. But, you know, we're we're getting there slowly, but surely. And talk about the uh, the lineup we got going on, All Time Low, the story so far, the main, you guys, obviously, Grayscale and Destroy the Boys. Talk about the uh, the lineup you're playing with. I'm pumped. We've never toured with All Time Low before, but almost everyone else we have um, done, uh, like, a couple warp tours with uh, Grayscale and um, in the main. And then uh, we actually did um, Story So Far's last headlining tour about, I think, two or three years ago. So it's going to be really cool to hang out with them again. It's going to be outdoors, right? I don't think I've ever seen a show outdoors at the Grove of Anaheim. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be outside. I think I went to one one time. I don't know how they're going to set this up. The one that I at least went to 
the stage is kind of looking out at uh, Angel Stadium, which is pretty mm-hmm. cool. So we get to have that view while we're playing. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be a little bit of a, a going to be, I'm sure, a pinch me moment, you know, standing on that stage, looking at Angel Stadium, looking at the 57 freeway, like your hometown area. And there you are rocking out. Exactly. <laughs> it's really cool. I'm excited. <laughs> Speaking of uh, tours, and you had mentioned it, I I saw you guys at the last Warp Tour, the one in Pomona, California, at the Fairplex, and talked to Pat after the show. But kind of curious, looking back on on that feather in your cap playing the last Warp Tour ever, any big memories or highlights from that tour? Oh, my gosh. So many. (laughs) We did 2017 and we did 2018, and I just think both tours just hold a very special place in our hearts. You know, we grew up going to that Pomona Warp Tour. Right. You know, it, right. And uh, I just remember being out in the sun all day, being like 12 years old, like loving it. <laughs> and it's cool to kind of be able to do that and like play main stage and, and be that band, you know. So many good memories, so much fun. Like, it's kind of just like a band summer camp. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was going to mention. It, that's what I hear. It's punk rock summer camp or rock summer camp or whatever you want to call it. But did you kind of bond with any bands during that tour? Yeah, yeah. Like, um, it's like so like hard to like mention just like one or two, you know, like I just feel like once the show's over at the end of the day, everyone packs up and then you're just kind of going around and you're like talking to everyone. Like, I, I honestly even forget who was on which specific one. Right, right. <laughs> like those moments kind of just blend together. It's just such an intermingling mix of things. There's a band called Silverstein. And yeah. so every day they would open up their trailer. They would put out AstroTurf <laughs> and then a bunch of chairs. They had some coolers with like beers in them and everything. And then everyone would just kind of come by them and hang out and talk and like wind down the end of the day. And uh, those are some of my favorite moments for sure. Love it. Love hearing about that. And uh, I can't wait for touring to get back. Dude, I appreciate all the time. Last couple things I got to hit you with. I got to kind of push you out of your comfort zone for one second here. Uh, <laughs> no, we're an old school radio station around the Inland Empire. You know where the IE's at. Mm-hmm. You're an Orange County kid. We're on yep. the Inland Empire. We're an old school rock station. We still do every single night at 10 p.m. We do mandatory Metallica. So... Wanted to talk a little Metallica with you. Probably not the biggest fan, but I'm sure you went through that skateboarding phase where you were into them. Yeah, a little bit. I'm not. I'm not like a huge Metallica fan, (laughs) to be honest. I do respect the band and just what they've done for you know heavy music. There's no other influence that's just bigger. You know what I'm saying? And I'm kind of curious for a band like you. I mean, is that kind of the goal to be to be the next Metallica? I mean, not them per se, but to be that massive. Is that the goal for every band member? Is that the goal for you? Yeah, I think in some aspects we would we would love to try and you know make this as big as we possibly can and you know i think more importantly than anything is just to connect with people and you know let people know that they're not alone in their struggles and what they're going through in life last thing i gotta hit you with just on the metallica topic because it's mandatory metallica you gotta pick a metallica song you gotta be able to name a song for me oh gosh see this is this is the problem <laughs> <laughs> i mean i mean it, i gotta just hit it with the classic like enter sandman like that that's that's what i got for you <laughs> <laughs> that works. That works, man. Last thing I got for you, Austin, just kind of on a, a personal, selfish kind of note. I played drums as a kid, gave that up years ago and been doing radio. And I've fallen in love with the bass over the last couple of years and haven't picked one mm-hmm. up yet. I bought, I got one. My brother gave me an extra bass. So I've been kind of pounding around on it, but kind of curious if you had any advice for a beginning bass player. 
honestly, I feel like how I at least learned like any instrument that I know how to play, I would just go on YouTube, you know, like you hear like a cool riff on the radio or like, you know, you hear a song that your friend shows you and you're just like, hey, you know what? Maybe I should try to learn how to play that and just go on YouTube, see if you can find a tutorial, like, and kind of just learn from there. I think that's the best way to learn and enjoy playing an instrument. Ah, so YouTube, I don't need to go old school and buy like a bass book and learn tabs and all that. Um, maybe at some point you could do that, you know, do, uh, you know, dive a little deeper, but I think when you're getting started, I think it's just about, you know, having fun and, and just jamming on something. I always see you with a pick. Is is there any plain just fingers on, on the album or live or anything? Um, there's a couple songs like, uh, live and on the album that I'll do it. It's just more of, um, I like the inflection the pick has, you know, and, um, as we go and progress, you know, I'm sure there's going to be a mixture of, of all things, you know. I think that's just a, um, kind of just like a tone preference for me. Ah, okay, so you're not opposed to fingers, it's just more for the sound that you're looking for. You want that pick in there. Exactly, yeah. I mean, I, I can do I can do both. I can just, I can use fingers, I can do pick, but this is just more of a, yeah, definitely just for the tone. Is it more of a, like a driving thing or like a sharpness in the sound? Yeah, it's just like the driving. I feel like it's a little... I don't know. It's just got like a different sort of punch than fingers for me, where fingers are nice at making things sound a little bit fatter, which is nice. But it just depends on the song and the environment where, you know, I'm playing the part. I love it, man. (laughs) I appreciate the time. Best of luck on the tour and with the album. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Mike. Dude, you absolutely rock. Thank you so much for checking out the entire interview. Now just hit subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast, Radioactive Mike Z. My interviews in their entirety. Available on all the major platforms. Tune in, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever you're listening to right now. Just hit the subscribe button. Make sure to give me a follow on the socials as well. I'll follow you back at MikeZ967. And bro, don't miss the radio show. Now 10 p.m to midnight on 96.7 KCAL Rocks in the Southern California Inland Empire area, Riverside, San Bernardino County. Always streaming online at kcalfm.com. You, my friend, absolutely rock.